You guys, we have a very special guest today, and we've been keeping it a surprise. I mean, I've posted a few teasers, and like we might have like talked a little bit about it in the Facebook group, given some hints. But today's bonus episode, we have Robin Lee with us, and she's sitting here in my apartment. She just told me how much she likes my apartment. I love it. <laughs> I want to move in. <laughs> and like this is surreal. We can't believe you're here. We loved your book so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So you should already know who Robin is, but if you don't, she is the author of The Idea of You, which is, first of all, the book that we're most obsessed with and can't stop talking about, but it's also our June book club book that we talked about on Wednesday. Yeah. And besides that, she is an actress. She was in Hitch. She was in Fifty Shades of Grey. She was one of the voices in the Daisy Jones and the Six audiobook. Oh, I still need to I listen was. to that. I know. Who did you play? We we both read Simone. the book. Simone. Oh, oh, you were Simone. Okay. Simone. That was one of my favorite characters. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Well, we can't wait to talk to her. We have so many questions for yep. you. Bring them. Bring them. So many <laughs> questions. So I guess to get started, tell us how you came up with the idea for the book. Uh, the idea behind the idea of you. I was up (laughs) about five years ago. I was up late one night. My husband was away on business in New York. Um, my kids had gone to sleep and I was up late surfing the internet as one does. And I was on YouTube and I came across a boy in a band on on my <laughs> computer, who was like so beautiful, he took my breath away. And I quickly went down this rabbit hole, like I wanted to know everything about him. And I discovered that he was um, obviously much younger than me. And, uh, and I occasionally dated older women and kind of like planted the seed. And then my husband came home like three days later. And I was like, I <laughs> like, I've like met I had the, an affair while you were away. I was like, I've met this perfect guy. I'm thinking about leaving you and the kids, but he's half my age and he's in a band. How do you feel about that? And he was like, <laughs> you're crazy, but that would make a great book. I mean, he, the second he said it, it was like, we were at, we were hosting a political fundraiser and, and I like had to step aside and like, oh my God, There's that would book. be such a great book. And I, I could totally write that book. Like I felt like I had the background and everything in my life had been leading up to writing this book and that I would really enjoy the process. And so I thought I would kind of just do it for myself. And, and here we are. That's amazing. Yeah. How long did it take you to write the book? Um, I knocked it out pretty quickly. I did it in about 15 months. Wow. Um, And this is your your first. So it's the first one I've had published. I've written books for myself since I was like 14 years old. I wrote my first book in like when I was in ninth grade and it was 884 pages handwritten. What? Oh my God. (laughs) What was it about? Um, it's about a girl and a band. (laughs) Like, is this not, this is a recurring theme for me. Um, were you meant to be in music? I, I was, and I kind of ventured in that for a while. And so I, so like a quick detour, I started a management company with a friend of mine when we were still in college and we managed this girls group and we were produced by one of the new kids on the block. And so I got to know them really well, just when they were like at their pinnacle. I love the new kids. Um, Danny Wood. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I got to know all of them, and I got to see the inside, like machinations of a boy band, like at their height, uh, and it was really eye-opening. And so when I came up with the idea for this book, I thought, oh, I've got, I've got this background. Like I know this, I can do this. Um, but I'd spent seven years prior working on a novel that I could not sell. Okay. And so I was kind of I was two years. I spent two years just not writing at all. Like I just completely shut down. And when I had the idea for this, I thought. 
okay, I'm going to write it, but I'm going to knock it out really quickly because I don't want to give like five years of my life and not be able to sell it. Um, so I put myself like on a, I gave myself a deadline and I wrote it as close as I could to, could to doing it in real time. Mm -hmm. So the story starts in April, 2014, which is when I started the book and I was never more than three months behind and it ends, the story ends in April, 2015. So I was never more than three months behind real time because I wanted to make it feel as current as possible. Yeah. Um, so I finished it in July of 2015. I did a couple more notes and then I sent it out October 2015. The very first agent I sent it to loved it and wanted to represent me. Um, he gave me his notes. I spent three months doing his notes and we sold it within two to three weeks. Oh, wow. So it, it, it was really, really fast. And with the notes thing, I was, even then I was kind of on a deadline because I'd, I'd booked 50 shades of gray, 50 shades darker. And, um, I hadn't read her books yet and I don't like to get another author's voice in my head. Yeah. And so I knew when I was supposed to be starting to shoot. And so I figured I had to finish my book and then read her books before I flew mm -hmm. to Vancouver. So I was really like, like pressed for time and like rushing, like, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get this done oh, wow. and then dive into the other trilogy. And then like, yeah. So that's, that's the story. Uh, kind of between like your side hustle and like your real job. Right. Like, it totally was. <laughs> <laughs> it was like my side. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. So wait, so we're very late to this party. Yes. The book came out in 2017. Right. June 2017. What was the initial reception like? Um, I think it was good overall. Like it wasn't. You know, my publisher never, I guess, never meant for it to be a big book and so didn't give it a huge push. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I had an independent uh, publicist who was wonderful, who worked with me. And we just, she was really amazing. And we just kind of did our best to get it out there. But I really felt like it was, it's really been word of mouth because it, yeah. was, it was a small book and it's just finding the readers and people just kept showing up like they'd find me either on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, whatever. And they showed up in my inbox, like I love this or Goodreads. And so I built a, I started a, someone encouraged me to start a private Facebook group and I did. And we've got a solid, I don't know, 1500 members and they're super dedicated. And it's and just, join. I think it's just like word of mouth. People have yeah. really love it and tell other people about it. And I'm really appreciative. Yeah. That's amazing. So wait, one other thing we wanted to talk about before we get into some of our questions, yes. literally about the book, was that you've had such an interesting career path. You mentioned you were in music management. I was. But you're also and a lawyer. I are you went taking to law the bar? School. Like, tell um, us a little bit about how you got to where you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my parents are really strict. They're immigrants, they're Jamaican. <laughs> um, and... I, very early on, I was like, I want to be an actress. And they were like, no, you're not going to be an actress. And I went to Yale for undergrad. On the drive up to Yale, my dad said, don't think we're sending you to Yale to study drama. So I majored in psychology. And when I was done, he was like, okay, law school. Like it was, yeah. I, I, it was like law, business, or medicine. And I'm not a science person. So um, law school it was. And then I made a deal with them that I would take the LSAT and apply if I could start studying acting in New York. And so I was doing that. I was, I'd been interning at Elle magazine all during my, when I was in college. And then I spent a year in Paris and lived there and worked for their French office. I started the management company and music thing. And I, and I was doing like freelance writing. So I was doing all these things in what, at once yeah. and then started law school. And it was kind of a Did lot. Did you sleep? Very little. <laughs> <laughs> but probably even more than I do now yeah. because I have kids now. And so yeah. I get no sleep. Um, it was really important to me to like, 
kind of pursue all my dreams and see like which ones would pan out. Yeah. And I think halfway through law school, I kind of thought, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to finish. I'm going to take the bar because if I don't do it now, I'll never get around to doing it. I would be ashamed to spend all this time and money and not have that, um, have that, it's not a degree. What do you call it? it whatever. Admittance to the bar. Yeah. So um, I took the bar. Certification, right. I took the bar and moved to LA and never looked back. Oh, and, wow. So that's the story. Yeah. But the, wow. the entire time I was in law school, I was also acting. And the very first week of law school, I'd done this this independent film right before law school, maybe a year or two before law school, and no, a year before law school. And it got picked up the first week of law school by Miramax at the um, Toronto Film Festival. And so okay. things like started happening for me. And then I had to like juggle school and the acting thing, um, which was exciting, exhausting, but it was also really nice balance because I feel like if you're just solely acting when you're starting out, you can be really hyper-focused and neurotic about every little appointment, which is how I was until I started law school. And if you're in law school and you're just in law school, you can be hyper-focused and neurotic about yeah. schoolwork, which you probably should be to a degree. But I felt like I had a really good balance because I could break away from one or the other. And like yeah. my attention was like, it was nice. So we need to talk about this book. Okay. This book... Robin. So our friend Ashley told us about okay. this. She was Thank a guest, you, Ashley. She was a guest on our podcast, and she has a she has a huge reading. Oh, she's actually Spivey. Ashley yes. Spivey. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. So she told us about this, and we recorded one night, and um, we probably left here at like twelve thirty. Yeah. Like we'd had a few drinks. We were like, we love Ashley. We were having such a good time. Right. And I I went home, and I was like, oh, I'm a little wound up from like being social, and I was like, I think I need to read a little bit before I go to bed. And, right. I, and she'd mentioned the book. I downloaded the book and stayed up till four in the morning reading it. Wow. Four in the morning is way past my bedtime, <laughs> FYI. Um, woke up the next morning, like, didn't do anything until I finished the book. Like, I read it in, I don't know, 18 hours, right. including sleeping in between. Right. And wow. I was like, this is insane. Like, I finished it and I was like, do I just start it again? Like, what, do, <laughs> what do I do now? What do I do now? Yeah. I tell people to take their time with it <laughs> because as of now, there's not a second book. And I'm like, just enjoy it and savor it. And you're going to, because if you're expecting a certain formula, you're not going to get it. And you're not going to realize until the end that you didn't get it. And you're going to wonder, what did I miss? Right. So then you, then you start back at the beginning. I, that yeah. was never my intention because I wasn't writing with a formula in mind. I've just figured I'm going to write a story. Yeah. But this book was so incredible. It oh, definitely is, is, if not my favorite thing, one of my favorite things that I've read this year so far. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, but, okay. Were you thinking of real life people when you were writing Hayes and, how do you say her name? Solene? Solene. Solene. Um, no, not real life people. I think for me, the joy of writing has always been creating these yeah. characters and trying to figure out who they were. I think I had him in mind before her. Okay. Um, I wanted him to be perfect. <laughs> I don't have anything else yeah. to say. Um, I wanted him, I knew he was going to be British, but I wanted posh British. I want him to be like a rock star and sexy and to have swagger, but I want him to have to be really well brought up and well educated and articulate because I knew that he had to hold her attention yeah. and she was older and more sophisticated and whatever. And I knew that he was, if he was just a rock star, it wasn't going to be enough. Um, I think of it like 
in the barest of terms, I think of it as like melding Prince Harry with Harry Styles. Like that was okay, kind of like, okay. um, but it, it took a lot of research of people like Prince Harry and like a lot yeah. of Eaton boys. And I did a lot of research there and, uh, and I knew the boy band thing from my new kids days, but I didn't know what boy bands were like, like contemporary boy bands were going to be like, yeah, and like yeah. even speech, because I was, I used to be obsessed with Duran Duran when I was little and I used to write fan fiction for Duran Duran, but I hadn't in like, I don't know, 30 years. So, but I knew that like the colloquialisms have changed and everything like that. So mm-hmm. I used to watch a lot of like interviews with One Direction, Ed Sheeran, like people who are like that around that age mm-hmm. and in the limelight, but I felt like who would, you know, who would better reflect what 2014, 15 pop star would sound like. Yeah. What about Solène? How did you put her together? Um, so I had like this dream. I don't know how I, I don't know. I, I wanted her to be wonderful and sophisticated. And I'd been in a, I don't even know how I came. I don't even know how, which one came first, like her career or my visualization of her. I think very early on, I thought, oh, she's going to be really sophisticated. Like she'll be, I didn't want to be in fashion. That felt like I didn't want her to be anyway related to entertainment or the movies or whatever. And I was mm-hmm. like, what about like the art world, which is something that's always fascinated me and I didn't know very much about. And then I remembered that the year before I'd been in Aspen visiting friends during the summer and we'd gone to an art show and I saw this woman there who was absolutely exquisite, like stunning and like took my breath away and totally like low key or hair in a little ponytail and just like jeans and a blazer and butt ballet flats. And she was just like, breathtaking I told my husband like that's my dream woman like if you ever want to bring a woman home for me that would be her (laughs) which of course every guy wants to hear that Um, but uh but I knew she also looked familiar and I saw her again that I happened to have gone to a restaurant I saw her again later on that night because Aspen's quite small and then like it clicked it's like oh I know who she is she used to be a model like in the 90s and I like racked my head to like googling all my 90s models and I'd found her um and when I thought of the art world, I thought of that woman's face. And I was like, oh, that's who I want to be, Selene. Like, yeah, yeah. So she was kind of um, racially ambiguous, like olive skin, dark hair, dark eyes, like really, like hooded eyes, like really, really sexy. Yeah. And I think the woman is actually of Puerto Rican descent, possibly. She's Latina, I think maybe Cuban or Puerto Rican. Okay. But I am... I knew I was going to make her French because I felt like if I could make her anything, like I knew that culture, I knew that mm-hmm. really well. And I would, mm-hmm. and I knew that to a young guy that would sound like sexy and whatever. And, yeah. and I thought it'd be fun to explore. We love that she wasn't a mess. I feel like there's yeah. so many female characters that just like need to be saved. Right. Especially in romance oh novels. Oh my God. Right. Especially. Which is kind of crazy. Like I don't, yeah, I don't we need more <laughs> describe to that. strong but, female leads. Yeah. Um, it's really funny. When I workshopped this at, I workshopped, I have a great writers group of women. It's a Yale woman of Los Angeles writers group. Okay. Um, and it's, we range from like mid twenties to mid seventies and we write all different types of like fiction, nonfiction, poetry, essays, screenplays, pilots, whatever. Um, and so they're a really great group to bounce it off of, to bounce my material off of. And one of the women, um, came back to me after I, I workshopped it at four months and four, sorry, four, it was four months, but four chapters in. And she was like, well, 
So for romance, you need to have like two sex scenes, like soup to nuts, like like everything, whatever, like starting very early on and ending with like explosive fireworks and whatever. And then, and whatever. And she's giving me this like whole formulaic thing. And I was like, oh, but this isn't a romance. And she's like, oh, it, it's not. And I was like, no, I wasn't planning on making it a romance. Like it's a love story. And she's like, well, how are you going to like, what genre are you thinking? It's like, well, I guess maybe women's fiction. And she's like, oh, well, if it's women's fiction, she, her life has to be messier. And I was like, why, why do we have to yeah, be why? like, so That's yeah, crazy. like it's one of the, I know, but I mean, it, she wasn't like, you know, telling me my, my script, my manuscript is wrong. She was just saying like, that's how books are kind yeah. of written. And I didn't want to write a story with a woman who like typical, like, oh, everything's a mess. And then I find this guy and it all gets perfect. I wanted to write a story about a woman whose life was otherwise moving along really well and was really smooth and, and well put together and met someone that kind of turned everything upside down. She was also pretty reluctant to get into this romance, which is interesting because usually it's like the woman is like throwing herself into this and then she's like, does he like me? Right. And, and I really liked that she was just so empowered. Yes. And that she was in charge of this relationship. Right. Right. And I wanted to feel like she was, you know, she was smart. She was a professional. She'd, like two degrees. She, she was, and she was caring for a daughter and was very aware of like the daughter's well being and how it would, a relationship like that could possibly mm-hmm. hurt her. Um, and also how it would reflect on her business and her, right. and her gallery and her business partner. And so I think she had all those things weighing on her and which kept her from like just diving in and enjoying the ride from the beginning. I think she was kind of like smart and measured about it. And then eventually she kind of gets caught up. But. Yeah. So we know that you have two kids. I do. Um, how did your role as a mother inform Solen's choices in the book or kind of her character? Because she also has a daughter right. who's, how old is Isabel? Like 13, Isabel's maybe? 12 going on 13 okay. at the beginning of the book. Um, how old are your kids right now? My son is 13 and my daughter is 10. Okay. okay. When I was writing this book, they were like five and eight and a half maybe. Okay. Or, um, so they were much younger I didn't have an idea of, I didn't, I did not model it, yeah. her on my daughter or any of them, either of my kids. Um, I think if, I don't know that I modeled her so much on one person. I think I thought of what was going through my head when mm-hmm. I was that age. And like, I've kept a journal since third grade, so I can easily go back and read and be like, oh my God, this is so like, <laughs> like talking about like mortifying. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, like, but I know like the kind of things, the kinds of things I was really into and how yeah. passionate I felt about yeah. like my crushes and, um, and how you feel like the, the world is ending if things don't, you know, pan out the way you hope they're going to pan out or how easily you become embarrassed. And I really kind of related to that and that kind of like obsession, the obsessions I felt that young. Um, but as a mom, I also know that your life kind of, it changes so much in the way that you are no longer the center of your world and your priorities are completely shift. And I, I will put my kids before me almost every single time. And that's just kind of the reality. Like you're not, Mm -hmm. you're not just living for you. Like I want to do things for me and enjoy things. And I try to find the balance, but if they're hurting, like, my my gut is going to tell me to, to go to them. Yeah. 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 So. But it's interesting because I think that women, I, different women have different perspectives about this book, but I, I notice it definitely between mothers and 
those who are not mothers, and then married women and those who are not married mm-hmm. as well. And yeah. I wanted to write it. I mean, I was thinking I was writing it really for mothers, but I very quickly figured it could be a much wider audience yeah. than that. Um, but people will respond to it differently. Yeah. And that's just a fact. I guess. Yeah. Now, what about what about the ending? Did you know how it was going to end when you started writing? It? I did. You did. So yeah. Because you, you kind of alluded to that earlier when you said it's not a it's not right. a romance. Yeah. Um, I did. I knew that she was going to end it. I knew that she was going. This is a no spoiler. Spoilers are fine, right? Spoilers okay, are yes. fine. <laughs> we talked. We, talk, um, we talked about yes. the plot last week. So okay. I knew that she was going to end it. I knew that it was going to be abrupt. Um. Or abrupt, and that she would have tried to break it off earlier, and he would kind of resisted, resisted, and eventually she was just going to have to be like, "It's done," because you're not moving on, and I have to yeah. do this for all of us. I think she did for herself, for him, and for Isabel. Um, I never, I just didn't imagine that they were going to stay together. Yeah, and this is not to say that years later it couldn't have worked out or whatever but I feel like I wanted to have a certain set of circumstances in that situation at that time in her life that it it could not have worked yeah did you did you think that the reaction from your readers would be so intense as it's um no I think I wake up every day to a new message like is there a sequel you have to give us a sequel blah 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 blah. like I never it was supposed to be a standalone book I was so happy to be done with it like I was so attached to this book and these characters I cried from maybe three months before I started the book up until about six months ago, like daily over these characters. And we cried too. (laughs) It was, it was really, really painful for me. Like just even knowing I was coming to the end of writing for them was really painful and feeling like what they were going through was really painful. But I was like, okay, it's fine. It's done. I'm done with this. I don't ever have to dive into characters like this and this kind of heart, like rending, turmoil ever again <laughs> um and then i i woke up like on june 13th which is the day that it was it came out and people were like well where's when's, where's the second book and i was like i don't think that psychologically like mentally i'm stable enough to write a second book like i really felt like i was going crazy and i know that authors say that often but i, I really felt for a good 15 months 18 months i had three people living in my head i mean like maybe four, including me. (laughs) um, But I definitely had the two of them living in my head, talking constantly, feeling like I was crazy, like I'd have their thoughts in environments that had nothing to do with them. Like it was, it was, it was constant. And I really felt like I'm losing my mind. I felt way more in love with them than, I fell way more in love with them than I ever expected. Like I was completely giddy in the beginning. And then when I knew it was going to end, like I was, incredible heartbreak and I don't I never expected that to happen I never expected to be so attached I never expected to feel so bereft when it was over um it was very very real to me and to let go of him once was debilitating enough I don't know that I could do that again um without some really good drugs and therapy I suppose (laughs) And then I don't know that my husband would put up with it again. I don't. He's yeah. very awesome and patient and kind and supportive. But I, I wonder what 
I don't know how, how he would survive a second. Voices? Did you write things down? Like, did you just uh, talk it out? Um, I wrote them down. I talked to them. <laughs> that sounds weird. Um, I uh, I kept track and things I thought that were important and worth keeping that I could use. I, I definitely wrote down or. And sometimes I'll be like pulling over the side of the road and like jotting it down on my phone, knowing I was going to go home and like upload it. Um, it 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 really felt like I was losing my mind and I was going crazy, like totally insane. And I had friends say like, "Oh, you should see a therapist, whatever." And I was like, "No, maybe I'll wait till it's done because what if she makes the voices go away and then I can't finish yeah, the book?" Yeah. Right? Yeah. And even now, I think I should see a therapist. <laughs> but I think, what if I need to write a sequel? And their voices are gone completely and I can't get them back. Which is very weird to have these people are just kind of like lying dormant in your head. Yeah. Like you're still there, right? Okay. You're still there. <laughs> so you're saying that there's hope. And I'm saying, I don't know if it's hope or it's just my own crazy and I don't want to let go of them entirely. Yeah. Well, wait, I want to go back to something you, you talked about yes. a little earlier. You said that... The book is not a romance, that the book is a, a love story. Like, right. How do you differentiate between the two um, genres or the two types of books? I think I was, full disclosure, I was never a romance reader. Okay. I didn't grow up loving romance. I didn't read a lot of romance. So when I started this book, I didn't, I didn't even know what a romance formula was. Mm-hmm. And it was my girlfriend who sat me down and was like, this is what the romance formula is. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I'm not writing that. Um, because I knew it wasn't going to be a happy ending. Yeah. Um, and to me, the best stories are not necessarily happy endings. And I think about, um, I never read The Notebook, okay. but I'm thinking about the movie of The Notebook. Sure. And although it's happy and they get together, it's not. I mean, it's like, you know, is it she who's not there or he's not there? Which one who has Alzheimer's? I can't she remember does. now. She yeah, does. like it's yeah. the idea that people grow old and like, and you lose all of that. Um, this also sounds cheesy, but Titanic is the only movie I've seen in a theater like four times. Oh, me too. And I've seen it maybe oh, a hundred times. One. Like I loved it. And God knows that was not, I mean, he drowns and spoiler alert, <laughs> like he dies yeah. and freezes in the bottom of the ocean. And, uh, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I felt like it was just the perfect story. These two people who just felt, despite all odds, fell in love in this like short period of time. And then, and it just, it had to end. And it was like, I love books that like rip my heart. Like I like a good cry. I like to feel like I've been on a journey with someone and I followed them and fell with them like hook, line, and sinker. And I went along with it and got my heart ripped out or whatever, but it's really but cathartic. I felt and I loved and I like mm-hmm. and I went on this ride and I don't have to be like and then they walked off in sunset and it was all beautiful like I just I like when a writer can make me feel like that was amazing thank you well you crippled us it well, was amazing well, thank yeah, you yeah we we always talk about have you ever read the feeling when you read a book and like we call it the book hangover when you read yes. something really great and then everything else you read even yes. if it's good you're just like mm. uh, yeah mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. for sure and, like, this book hangover was so real. Like, months. Well, thank you, I guess. I mean, yeah. sorry for the other writers who came after, but... but um, I'm thinking about my reading list now from last month, and it was literally, like, the idea of you was amazing. Everything else I read was meh. Yeah. And I'm wondering if they really were meh. Or, or just you were still... It was your fault. And see, I don't... Watch them, and I don't read... Um, 
I'm a slow reader. Okay. I typically read things one time, and so I want to take it all in. And so I'm, if I'm reading it on my Kindle, I'm highlighting everything. And if I'm not, if I'm reading it just in a book format, I'm still trying to memorize all the beautiful lines. I might underline them. Like, I like literature, and I like a really beautiful phrase or um, sentence, and I, I want to drink that in and remember it in the moment, and I want to pick up on all the clues in the moment. And so I'll take my time with the book. And if I, especially if I'm really loving it and the characters, I kind of want to live with them, like go out of my life and like think their thoughts and see the world, like, and think about them. Like, I don't like to just rush something. Um, so I don't get the book over, hangover thing so much because I, I give it so much time and mm-hmm. then I let it run its course and then I move on to the next book. So I don't, like, I'm trying to think of like, I've had books that I've loved, love, love, but I don't. I think I, I break it them up enough that I don't really have book hangovers. But that's another thing. I, I think this book was so well written and so lovely. Thank you. Where even people who uh, I've gotten friends to read it who are not romance right. readers. I do read a decent amount of like romance right. books. Right. I don't and, read a lot of romance. And I don't know how to say this without like making a huge dig to other romance authors, but a lot of them, like Fifty Shades of Grey, is terribly written. Like, you can't, she, she can't say, but it is because a good like, friend the of mine. Author's Here's, voice is just like you're cringing. Like I was reading it in spite of the writing right, at points. Right, and this is like, first of all, I was like, it was well, so it's a well romance, written. but I was like, it's also like surprisingly tender. Like it's it's this great story, and it's well written. It's right. not like you're like, oh, what did I just spend? Yeah, days of my life getting obsessed with. Um, so, like I said, I don't read a lot of romance, but I've. Since writing this book, I've met a lot of women in the romance world, and so Mm -hmm. I've read their books and have enjoyed them. Um, But what I will say is that romance, I can't remember the numbers, but they make up like the overwhelming majority of book sales. And yet they're treated as like the lowest tier, like the lowest form. And romance authors are not, those who are being published traditionally are not getting the advances that other authors are getting. It, the and publishing so, world is so interesting. I want to do an episode on this separate from you, but like, I, I don't know what your experience has been, but it basically like 90% of the dollars go to the top you yeah. know, 5% of authors. Yeah. They're not getting right. money to write these they books. Figure out, they think about who, these books. right, exactly. And they, they, I don't know how they choose what they think are going to be their big books. And they put, a lot of money to those books and the others they kind of like let them fend for themselves. Um, but I think when you don't pay your authors a ton of money, they have to put out more product mm-hmm. to make money and to live. Yeah. And yeah. so a lot of romance authors are like a book a year. Some do two a year. Like, yeah. And I think it's That's hard intense. to write a really beautiful, well-crafted, well-thought-out, well-researched book in a short period of time. There are people who can do it. I don't think the average person can do it. I mean, I think, I think you probably get used to it too if you've been writing a lot and it, it, it you're, it's quicker for you and it's mm-hmm. easier and it's more accessible. I know I couldn't do it. Yeah. I need time. Like I like to labor over my sentences. I'm not, I don't like it to just be like straight or whatever prose. I want it to feel yeah. like literature. Like I want it to f- feel like poetry almost. Yeah. Um, that's important to me because that's important to like what I read. Thank you. That's why it was so enjoyable because the topic was like so juicy, but then it was just like, it it read like poetry. It was beautifully written. Thank you. 
Thank Wait, you so much. Off topic, but who are some of your favorite romance authors? I don't even know that I have famous ro- favorite romance authors um, because I've made I've made friends. So I'm just going to name my yeah. friends. Yeah. Uh, I do love E.L. James. I love Erica. Yeah. She's been so incredibly supportive, and it was wonderful working with her on. 50 and it was so wonderful to see a woman in charge because I've I've been acting there for 25 years it's very rare that a woman's at the top just calling the shots and it's so empowering um who have I gotten to know like Colleen Hoover and Taryn Fisher I love Colleen we read Verity for that was another one that just like killed people yeah totally emotional um I have a friend, Tia Williams, who I met on this journey. She wrote a book called The Perfect Find. Oh, and, I haven't heard of that Oh, one. my gosh. Yeah, I loved it, loved it, loved it. Okay. She's awesome. Uh, who else? Uh, Julia Welland's My Oxford Year. And I don't know if that, oh, that's kind of like that one really part romance, part, which I'm called. I love that book. It was so good, but I wasn't expecting right. there's a twist. I right, there's a twist. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Oh, do oh. I need to read that? It's beautifully written. Okay. Um, and it's in my world. Like, it's a cute British boy at Oxford and what I just like reading things with accents. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here. Um, I really enjoyed her story. Uh, and I met two authors who came up. We were, we were in this group together called 17 scribe. We just found each other. We started, someone started a Facebook group for authors who were debut novels were coming out in 2017. And two of them were Mary Ann Marlowe and Kristen Rockaway and who'd both wrote romance and I really like them, like their books right away. And Marianne wrote a book called Some Kind of Magic um, about a woman who has a relationship with a guy in a band. And Kristen Rockway's book was The Wild Woman's Guide to Traveling the World. And I love the idea of, of a woman traveling the world. Like I had a lot of different locations in my book. And so I really was drawn to their writing right away. Oh, I want to check those two out. Yeah. They're not yeah. on my radar. Well, so another thing, this book has sparked such a fandom. Yes. Such an obsessive fandom. And you have a Facebook group that you mentioned. I do. And I know that you publish additional scenes oh, in there. Like, tell us about oh, yes. what happens in the Facebook group. Oh, my like, gosh. What happens in the Facebook group stays in the Facebook group. I'm joining um, right now. <laughs> I'm right Let now. Um, I have – there's a member of the Facebook group. Andrea Adkins. I hope it's okay to say her name. I guess she she wrote like last October or September, whatever it was, somewhere in the time in the fall, and it was her birthday. And she's like, "For my birthday, do you mind just giving me a sequel?" Like, and, <laughs> and I was cooking, and it was like meatloaf or something. Like it was baking, so I had like twenty minutes, not even fifteen minutes, and I was like, oh, "I can just write something really quickly." Like, literally, right there in the response on FB and. The fans went crazy for it. And it literally is, I don't know, three paragraphs, not even. And it's a hypothetical. It's not what I would do if I were writing a sequel. Um, but it, but it, was, it just gave them enough of a taste that people were going crazy. And I realized, like, how much they're hungry for more of them. Which yeah, is, we are. I, I, sp- I, speak for the, I speak for the whole. Yeah. And I fear that I'm going to spend, like, the rest of my life just writing for those two characters. And I think I could because I like them so much. But well, then I become very boring very quickly. Like, that's all you do. Hmm. Well, wait, here's the big question. Are you writing a sequel? Or are you entertaining writing a I'm sequel? I'm entertaining writing a sequel. If you don't say yes, you're, you can't I can't leave. leave, I know. But, yeah. I, but I like this place, so, you know? Like, well, like, I, got a new, like, I got a new roommate. 
Robin Lee uh, and Grace now live together until Robin capitulates and writes this book. Oh my god, are you pledging her sorority? Like, it's a little like uh, misery, actually. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, I have ideas for what I would do if I were to write a sequel, and I've got a document that my, I don't know how many pages long, 50, 70 pages long. Oh, wow. Becca has no I mean, I, I have ideas. You have like, ideas. just pass the torch if you don't want I, it. I've never written a book. No. I don't think I could write a good one, but like. No, I know what I, I know where I would pick up the story. I know what they're doing with their lives. I know what I could possibly do, but usually it's, I'll be in a place and I'll feel like, oh, this is so Selene or so Hayes. I, and I have to write down everything about the place and I can see them here or I'll hear something on the radio or hear a song and be like, oh my God, this is them. This has to go in the, on the soundtrack to the movie of the second book. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm totally that far out. Um, and so those things will inspire me. But I'm not, beyond the first three chapters, I haven't really outlined anything okay yeah but we'll see like i don't want to promise people and then i can't deliver i also feel that i don't want to write a book just to make a happy ending yeah um i feel like i had something to say in the first book and until i feel that i have something as important to say um i don't want to write this book if that makes sense to you Wait, backing up, though, to the book, it's been optioned for a movie, too. It has been, yes. Okay. Is there anything to share on that front? I Not really. We're still early on in development. We are still looking for writers. It's yeah. super early on. It took forever to do the negotiations for this deal. Um, I'm coming on as a producer as well, and so that's kind of what partially what delayed it. Um, so I can have some involvement and some say and the choices made and the characters, the director, all that. I would love to keep it as close to the book as possible. Yeah. But if we're doing it, if we have to condense it into a two hour or 90 minute movie, it's not, you're going to lose some things. And so, um, that's all I can say. It's too early to, there's no one, there's no one attached yet. There's no, I was going to say, who would your dream actor and actress be for them? I don't, I don't know that I have them. Or if I do, I'm very careful not to mention them because okay. I'm in this business and I know what yeah. it's like. And so I don't want to say something and then the actress we end up going with was not the dream and she yeah, resents yeah. me for mm-hmm. like, and she knows she wasn't my first yeah. pick. And so I'd rather just yeah. not say anything. Okay. I do think um, in the best of all possible worlds, I think there are a bunch of women who could do a really good job playing Selene who might not look visually like Selene but who have enough of the feel of Selena, who I think could do a really good job. But I think that Hayes is going to have to be someone we find, discover. Yeah. That's Not so Harry awesome. Styles. Not Harry Styles. And I adore <laughs> Harry Styles, but A, he's aging. Yeah, he'll be too old <laughs> yes. by then. And B, I want to say I don't know if he's a good enough actor. I don't I don't know. Maybe he is. Yeah. He was lovely in Dunkirk, This is, but this is different. And I think it's probably also way too close to home for him. I don't yeah. think he'd want yeah. to play it. Yeah. Are you writing anything outside of this universe? Um, I'm trying to. I okay. am. I'm, but I'm, I'm really early on in, and uh, I don't want to talk about it too much. Okay. Okay. So there's more coming. 
Yeah. There's, there's like more... you're thinking about a book. There's poten- there's a movie right. potentially in the works. Right. Yeah. There could be a sequel. Right. I'm not like I'm not as bereft. No, I'm not like this. on this endless vacation. Like I'm never gonna do anything again. I'm trying. You're like to I'm back create. to acting. It was like <laughs> I, I did just... it. I got it out of my system. No, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's something I'll ever get out of my system. Like it's something I do for pleasure. Usually, although it hasn't felt that way recently, like trying to write the next yeah. book doesn't feel pleasurable at yeah. all. So I'm a little wary of that because I, I know I'm supposed to feel like I'm enjoying it. And, and this is the first time I don't. And so I'm a little nervous about that experience. We'll see. What about we'll on see. the acting front? Anything coming up there? Nothing. It's really dry. I'm looking for work if anyone has work. Um, I had, I did two indies last year, and they both came out within the last week. So, I'm, Oh, what are they? Yeah, tell us. I, I did one called Rattlesnakes, which I absolutely adored. It's a neo-noir thriller, like a psychological thriller. And we were on the festival circuit, and I believe it's going to be on demand later, and maybe in June, and then in Hulu in the summer, I think. I really loved it. It was really, really creepy. And I've never done a movie like that. And Ooh, I love creepy. Uh, so. and like total surprise ending. Like everything about it was just. If you make a sequel fun. where somebody murder, like Selene Mer- murders Hayes, no. Grace would love that. That would no. ruin it for me. That no, would no, like no, no. merge I her two so I don't think I like Are you? Yeah, which is why she had to convince me so much to read this. Right. Um, and like there was no murder. There was I nothing can't have that I could them sell be bad. I can't have them be bad. No. <laughs> the thing I'm working on now, it's a little, it's. I'm not going to call it a thriller, but it's darker than okay. this. Okay. And I don't know why. I think I've just been reading a lot of thrillers maybe. And um, it's kind of like it's seeping into my writing. Yeah. And I feel like it's feeling a little darker. And Wait, what are some of your you... favorite thrillers? Not on the outline, but had to ask. Uh, gosh. Um, I don't know if you – I don't know. Do you call it a thriller? I loved Girl on the Train. Loved it. Yeah. I really – that really sucked me, like in the eighteen-hour kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was amazing. And then, like, I finished it and tweeted and uh, tagged the author in it, and she responded in like no Isn't time. Twitter great, like that? I, it was like amazing. Like, I wish I'd had that growing up. Like, I'd yeah. be like, "Dear Judy Blum," <laughs> like every, yeah. every week. Yeah, <laughs> you've changed Same. my life this week, and this is why. Dear Judy Bloom, hi, I'm back. Um, <laughs> Me again. Yes, <laughs> you changed my life again. Yeah. Uh, it's really kind of amazing. What else have I read recently that was dark? Oh, I'm reading this one now that I'm really liking. She's pulling out her She's bag. Pulling, pulling out her out bag. bag. In real time. In real time. And it's called The French Girl by Lexi Elliott. Oh. Ooh. Okay. I haven't and heard of this one. And it's just kind of suspenseful. Yeah, I and I There's just, always okay. girl in the title in all of these thrillers i know the girl like gone girl and yeah the, girl the, yeah the that, i read somewhere that that was girl. like a that was a trend it's part of the formula for yeah. yeah it's girl or wife um hmm. maybe i'll just throw that in yeah, yeah. <laughs> girl wife and you're gonna have a bestseller <laughs> like the girl wife <laughs> well, wait, the dead one, girl wife one other thing that you're involved in that i really want to talk about is the yes. daisy jones and the six audiobook yes daisy jones girl and the six no um <laughs> uh Yes, Taylor Jenkins Reid is an old friend of mine. Oh, really? We are we're wondering fans. how you got involved there. Uh, she used to work in casting. I don't know if I can. Oh, no. Sorry, way. can I reveal this story, Taylor? She used to work in casting for this woman who is incredible named Sarah Finn. And Sarah Finn and Randy oh, Hiller? Hillier? They were partners. Anyway, I used to be in that office a lot. And uh, my husband had started a company like 15 years ago that was a software company that did casting online and developed the software to 
upload auditions to a secured website. Um, and when his company was just taking off, he was looking for employers who'd been people to work for him who'd been in the casting office and somehow Taylor was recommended and Christine, you were from working with Seraphin. Um, and he worked, she worked for my husband for a while. Like, and she, oh, wild. while she was writing her first novel, uh, is it divorce interrupted? I think. And I think maybe she just sold it when she was working for him. And so I got to know her and her husband, uh, Alex pretty well. And then, she quit the job when like when she was working on her second novel and she put out like a novel a year for like five years in a row, which is crazy. Yeah. And then took off two years to have a baby and put out the next novel, wow. which is Daisy Jones. We're such big fans of hers. And she's I, amazing. So in April, our book club book was Daisy Jones, the six, and we read it, but the audiobook has a full cast. A full cast of us. Yeah. Which I had never yeah. heard of. No, before. I think it's pretty, That's it's really pretty rare. Smart. Yeah. So did you do it by yourself? I did it by myself. Do it in yeah. the room. We're not all we're not people. all in the room. We okay. did it all at different times. I know Jen did hers like three months after I did mine or two months. Jennifer Beals's plays Daisy Jones. Ah. Um and she recorded a few months after I recorded mine. And they do it, you know, you could be in New York or LA or whatever. And I did mine in LA and there's like a voice like in my headphone, maybe two people from New York, maybe the guy who's directing it, and then a guy from the the actual publisher publisher is on the headphone, plus my guy in LA who's recording me. So you can be very like it's kind of weird. There's a lot of people involved making sure you're speaking <laughs> correctly and saying the lines right. I don't know. Um But it's cool. It's a lot of fun. It's like all the best stuff of acting, I think. Like it's acting like not having to worry about being pretty and sitting in hair and makeup for two hours and totally. like, do I have a pimple? Do I have to suck in my stomach? That's Where's my mic? Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> you can do but it I'll, I've been to podcasts yeah. and there've been cameras. So oh. I, I usually come a little camera ready just in case. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh, no one told me. Um, but yeah, especially as a woman, you're uh, nine, not nine times a 10, depending on what you're recording. Very often they mic you and it's supposed to just holding a boom. So they, mm -hmm. they tape a microphone somewhere on your chest or your bra, whatever. And then they have wires coming down and going around and then you've got a mic pack. And if you're a guy, they just kind of stick it in your pocket or on your belt. Mm -hmm. But if you're a woman, you're I like 80% of my characters wear dresses. And so there's no place to stick the mic pack. So they put it into a strap that goes around your thigh and you're walking around and the thigh and the and the receiver has a transmitter, like a wire that's like up between your legs. Like it's totally uncomfortable to be an actress yeah. in a short dress on a set wow. and to sit down in a microphone and like not have to worry about any of that stuff is yeah. really, um, it's kind of nice. I there know. you go. Well, I can't wait to listen to the audiobook for it. Yes. I want to. And I did the audiobook for The Idea of You as well. Oh. oh. Yes, I did. Which is my first audiobook and my only other thing besides this. I've oh, I didn't know that. Audiobook before. Um, it was uh, it it was the first audiobook I'd listened to as well. Yeah. Like I'd never listened to like yeah. I listened to clips and stuff just to make sure I I thought I was doing the right thing. Um, I got some notes from Julia Welland, my Oxford year, is an audiobook narrator professionally, and that's she's oh, amazing okay. at it. She's won tons of awards, so I got some notes from her. Like drink lots of water, eat apples, don't wear jewelry like things that rough like yeah. more, like little things like that um and i just went in and did it and it was the most fulfilling thing i've ever done 
professionally ever was because it? it was like the best of everything. It was like the best of like acting. Yeah. It was almost effortless. The acting because when you're reading, you're so into the story, like the tears just come, the anger come, whatever it is, it just comes naturally. You don't have to force anything. Um, and it's reading my own words. And I got to play all these characters that I never get to play being like in my package. You know what I mean? Right. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I have like a gazillion different accents. I'm playing British and French and Brazilian and Italian. Like all these different ca- – like it was so just – you did the accents? I did all the accents for all of them. I need to listen to this. Oh, my I need God, to yeah. listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, everyone loves my Hayes Campbell voice. It's really – Can you do it for us right now? Um, <laughs> not to put you on the spot or anything. I have to like read something though. Cause I feel very weird just doing it free style. I don't know. Um, God, read okay. the water bottle label. <laughs> I can't do everything. I can't do it. Now you put me on the spot. Um, now she's never going to come back. Okay. Or hold write a on. Um, hi. All right. I have to get like in his mind frame. Everything else is just water. I can't even read this because of my lack of glasses. <laughs> America's finest spring water since 1872, Saratoga, non-carbonated, natural spring water. <laughs> <laughs> if you liked that, you'll have to right. listen to the audio. Yeah, he for- says much sexier things yeah. in that. And- Was it awkward at all reading like some of the more steamier scenes? Yes, and my yeah. engineer slash director is a man. And I'm in this tiny little booth and he's right next to me. He's outside of the booth, but like right next to me, like watching everything I do and watching the monitors. And I like, I warned him. I was like, look, it's going to get steaming here. And he's like, oh, I've done some books. You, you can't possibly shock me. And I was like, really? And he's like, yes, I've like, yes, <laughs> you're not going to be able to shock me. But it was still like, I had to yeah. get over it. It was you like, were like, well, I've never done this. Yeah, I was like, yeah. You're, never, you're not my husband. I'm going to be reading, saying things. Just ignore me. Just don't look at me. Yeah. Um, he was great. He could not have been sweeter. But I really felt like we, we shared a very intimate time by the end of the week. And I was yeah. like, he knows me better than pretty much every other guy now. Um, it, you have to kind of get over your, like, I don't know, 12 year, 16 year old girl, like wanting to laugh and giggle at, like, yeah. sure. saying certain things and just, go through it and and do it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the last question, Mm -hmm. probably the least important question. Who's your favorite boy band? I don't really have a favorite boy band. I I feel like, I think after my new kids on the block experience, I was like, I'm done. Is it still them? No, no. It was just like, it it kind of killed the fantasy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Although I appreciate like, I've seen in concert Duran Duran, if you call them a boy band, not really, but whatever. Um, and New Kids on the Block, New Edition, Backstreet Boys, In Sync, Justin Timberlake. I feel like I'm leaving something out, but I've seen all of those guys in in concert, and I definitely can appreciate it and yeah. enjoy it. Um, I'm too old now to like really. Is your daughter think, into any boy no, bands? No, she, she's young and not yet. Not yet, and I hope she doesn't go through that. <laughs> it's just like I look at this whole BTS mania, and I'm like, "What?" And I'm like, "How are you guys all falling for this?" But I thought, I guess it happens, and it's it's cyclical. It's yeah. really funny. Like I look at like all the new ones, like who've come up since I finished the book, like "Why Don't We" and stuff like that. And I don't even know what these are. None of them do anything for me, but I but it's probably good because I'm 
older. I'll tell you, the second <laughs> like, incarnation of the Jonas Brothers does it for me. Like really? them coming back. Yeah. A... Nick Jonas, I'm like oddly attracted to. Okay. I feel gross about it because he's so young. No, don't feel gross. I mean, he's he's attractive for sure. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like you've got to... It's magic. Like you've got to have something special and it helps if some of the other guys have something special and you get along well and you make it look like you get along well and you're charming and adorable together. I don't feel, I mean, I think One Direction are pretty special in that way. Um, but I think I, that I also, because I was doing research, I also took the time to feel, to watch enough stuff to feel like I got to get to know them. You know what yeah, I mean? Like I'm not yeah. watching BTS footage right. around yeah. the clock or anything like that. Like I'm not right. trying to see like how they interact with each other. I think it's, I, um, I think it's, I think I'll always enjoy watching young boys, and that sounds really creepy, and maybe not that young, 16, 17 through 23, like, interact together, you know what I mean? Like, because there's something, as a girl, that you can't ever really get on the inside of that, and so it's kind of nice to, I don't want to say fantasize about it, but, like, imagine, what is it they talk about? What do they do when Mm -hmm. we're not here? What do they really like? Like, how, how does that, that fraternity kind of thing, like, work? Because I'm, I'm one of three girls, and my cousins were all women, girls. And so, like, I didn't have a brother growing up or, like, boys that I was really close to. Um, and so it's always, like, a bit of a mystery to me, and there's something a little intriguing about it, mm-hmm. I think. Totally. And by the time they're men, they're, like, men. And, like, oh, I know you. You guys yeah. are, like, you're, like, you're different from us, but, like, I get it. But yeah. there is something really, like, intriguing that, like, I don't know, late teens, early 20s kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, Robin, we cannot thank you enough for being here and oh doing my gosh, this for with having us. Me here, guys, it was so wonderful to have you. Talk this about was this awesome. Book. Thank you, you, thank you. You have o- earned your own desperation minute. Where can people follow you? What can they do for you? What can you do for me? Is you can continue to spread the word, tell your friends, Join tell your, your Facebook mom. Group. So yeah, it's buy the book, whatever. Join my Facebook group, although there are lots of spoilers in there, oh, but these people know. So yes, join my Facebook group. It's, I think if you just do a search for the idea of you I just group, it it'll, yeah. perfect. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at at Robin Lee, R-O-B-I-N-N-E-L-E-E, or on Instagram at at Robin Lee, R-O-B-I-N-N-E-L-E-E. You can write a review on Goodreads or Amazon. I okay. would really appreciate that. Um, for the idea of you and uh i don't know request it from your library buy it from your local bookstore um tell your friends your parents your well maybe not your parents your sisters your your cousins your girlfriends some my mom read it and she really loved it (laughs) even though i was mortified completely but she really did enjoy and then she also asked for a sequel um (laughs) i was like you you traitor mom uh yeah, just spread the word. Guys, go do all that. Go do all those things. And thank you again. This thank was wonderful. You. Thank you this for having so me. Fun. This is lovely. This is such a, I'm so ready to move in here. I'm well, like, you're going to. Serve myself from your, your 1950s bark cart. I'm like, we I'm have very... great seamless web <laughs> options. You can sit right over there and write. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you have pink roller skates too. <laughs> we have everything. everything. Everything you need to write a sequel. There you yeah. go. Roller skates. <laughs> So fried chicken across the street. There you go. We'll leave it there. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.